Are you an adult with dyslexia? Are you longing for more in your life than the constant, relentless push and pull on your emotions that dyslexia can bring? What about those physical demands that require you to constantly shift gears, rethink? Can I do this? Well, my name is Hope, and I am your host. And I understand because I was diagnosed as an adult with dyslexia. And I often believed that I wasn't enough. Fear and shame were my constant companion. Until I met Christ, then everything changed. This podcast, Make Room for More, is devoted to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to make more room in their life for Christ. You will hear biblical truth that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Thank you for joining me. Today I want to share two stories with you. I will start the first story today and share the second story next week. I always try to keep these devotionals short, so in order to do that, I had to break the stories up in two parts. With that said, these two stories are true. The first one can be found in Luke 7, verse 6, starting with verse 6. When I started out on this journey to understand the gospel and to have my questions answered, why is the gospel of God so powerful? unto salvation to those who believe, I really had no idea where it would lead. I knew I could find the evidence of the power of God in the scriptures, but Jesus deepened my questions so much so I started wondering why I was not experiencing this power consistently in my life. The truth is, the life of Christ is eternal. He is all power. Therefore, his life is powerful unto salvation. It is that simple and that profound. And when we put on Christ, believe him, We are experiencing the power of his life. There isn't anything about his life that isn't powerful unto salvation. From when he stooped down before Adam, a dead soul, and breathed into his nostrils, his breath of life, Jesus put on display his eternal power. And throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we know that he is truth to those who believe. Do you believe in the life of Christ? Do you believe that his gospel is the power of God? I was listening to some music on YouTube a few weeks ago. The man with the beautiful tenor voice was blind, an international singer who had fame and fortune. I wondered if people marveled because of his voice or because he was a blind man with a beautiful voice. But you know what caught my attention about these two stories I will share with you is that as we marvel at people, why they can do amid apparent trials and obstacles, disabilities and diseases, hardship and losses. The Bible defines marvel to be astonished or to be amazed. And this caught my attention. We are not the only one who marvels. Jesus does as well. The first story is of the nameless centurion and his nameless servant. The centurion had a servant that he was quite fond of. And as the scripture informs us in Luke 7, 2, He was ready to die. We don't know how long he had been ill or what measures had been taken to save his life, but he was at the point of death, and this grieved the centurion greatly. He is described by the Jewish elders as someone that loved the Jewish nation and that he was worthy to be honored and his request granted. He had built them a church. And I might add that he, the centurion, was not welcome to step foot in that church he had built. On the point of death. Yet knowing this, he built it anyway. 
and based on what he had heard of Jesus. There is no scriptural evidence that he had ever met Jesus. He had asked the elders of the church to speak to Jesus on his behalf. Maybe the centurion had heard that in Luke 4 that Jesus was attending church and had cast out a demon saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And all were amazed and spoke among themselves saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded and the evil spirits came out of the man. Luke reports that Jesus' fame went out into all places of the country round about. Maybe the centurion had heard that Jesus went to Peter's home and healed his mother-in-law. And as he stood over her and rebuked her fever, and immediately she arose from her bed and began to serve her guest. Maybe he had heard that Jesus had healed a man full of leprosy, who upon seeing Jesus fell at his feet and said, Lord, if it is your will, you can make me clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Or maybe he had heard about the man that was carried by his friends, his four friends, to Jesus and that they tore apart the roof of the home where Jesus was teaching and let down the man through the roof and placed him at the feet of Jesus. Not only did Jesus heal the man, but he forgave him of his sins. The centurion had only one request. My servant is at the point of death. Please come and heal him. Jesus received the message, and at once, according to verse 6, Jesus went with the elders of the church. He walked with those whom he knew despised him and would seek to kill him. They had already accused him of breaking the Sabbath as he and his disciples walked through a field of corn, taking the grain and eating it. Here he declared himself to be the Lord of the Sabbath. They knew he had the power to heal, and he knew that the church leaders had themselves had witnessed these events and were outraged and were looking for an occasion to accuse him. They had been in the crowd when Jesus commanded the man with the withered hand to stand before him, to stretch forth his hand, and he did, and his hand was restored that very hour. You can read in Luke 6, 11, where it says, And they were filled with madness and talked among themselves what they may do to Jesus. As Jesus is walking towards the centurions, he receives word from friends of the soldiers that he felt he was not worthy of Jesus to come to his home. I imagine the centurions started thinking about all he had heard and believed about Jesus and his unworthiness overwhelmed him. So he sent a message to Jesus saying, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that you should enter my house. Neither do I think I am worthy that I should even come to you, but say the word and my servant shall be healed. You see, the Roman soldier believed that he had authority over his soldiers because he equally believed when he gave them orders, he had the Roman government behind him to back up his commands without question. So he reasoned, believing what he had heard of Jesus, that Jesus represented the kingdom of heaven. Remember, Jesus had said of himself, I can do nothing of myself. So this informs us that he relied solely on his heavenly father and his relationship with heaven. He knew he had his father's authority behind him, but he spoke on his father's behalf and that his word would not return to him void. It would accomplish its purpose for that which he sent it forth. I want you to remember something. Faith of what we believe is not faith. If we do not believe that Jesus has the authority, the right to command our obedience. In other words, faith is obedience to Christ's authority. Therefore, faith has nothing to do with our feelings but everything to do with whose authority we are under. Jesus has a right to command the blind to see and the lame to walk. Why? Because 
when we make a request of God, embodied within the request should be our acknowledgement that Jesus is the authority in our life, which demands us to daily renew our unquestioned allegiance to him. Secondly, we must acknowledge that the power of healing, the power to restore, the power to redeem solely is his to make. The blind singer reminds us that his blindness, although not removed, was not an obstacle for God. No matter that this may have been a thorn in his side, whether it be blindness or cancer or a disability, you name it, sometimes God chooses not to remove it. And if we have faith, if we believe in Jesus, if we acknowledge his authority, his right to command, he will use it to his glory. He will allow his glory, his character to rest on us. And we will say with conviction that of myself, I can do nothing. But because I am under Jesus' authority, there is nothing impossible to me. It is said in verse 9, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. The soldier did not question Jesus' love, authority, or power. He did not ask Jesus to prove himself that he had power to heal. As the Roman soldier, he could have commanded Jesus to come to his home, but he did not. He did not bargain with Jesus. He did not seek after Jesus' heavenly credentials to prove he was who he said he was. He approached Jesus already believing that he had the authority and power to send forth his word to heal. I'm going to close here. Please review the following scriptures. We will discuss them next week. And they are Luke 20, Matthew 6, 4 through 6, Matthew 8, 27, Matthew 9, 8 and 33, and Matthew 21. As you read these scriptures, ask yourself the following questions. Whose authority are you under? Does Christ marvel at your life? And what is he marveling at? Is it marveling because of your belief or unbelief? And the last question, when Christ answers your prayer, do you marvel? You may be surprised at the answer. Until next week, have a blessed day and choose to live under the authority of Christ. When you do, you will be amazed at how liberating it is. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast, Making Room for More. If you know an adult with dyslexia, please share these short devotional podcasts with them. For more devotionals, please visit my website at www.wr7publication.com where you can read or listen to devotionals designed to be uplifting and a blessing to adults with dyslexia.